Welcome to the Young Farmer Podcast. I'm Chris Torres, your host. Today's episode is all about organics, specifically organic dairy. And it's our first podcast episode featuring a Vermont farmer. The Generation Organic or Geno program by Organic Valley has been training future organic farm leaders and ambassadors since the early 2000s. They do this through in-person and online trainings, meetings, and trips across the country and even across the Atlantic Ocean so the cooperative's young members can learn more about the business they've chosen and its impact on consumers. I talked to Amy Forgs, Manager of Employee and Farmer Engagement at Organic Valley, and Matt Choynier, a 26-year-old dairy farmer from Highgate, Vermont. First up is Amy, and I asked her about Geno's start, the value of bringing young farmers together, and her struggles trying to make it as a young dairy farmer on a, you guessed it, Vermont dairy farm. I hope you enjoy this podcast, and please leave a comment or rating. I love hearing feedback. Thanks. Now, on with the show. Amy Forks, welcome to the Young Farmer Podcast. How are you today? I'm doing great, Chris. How are you? I'm doing great. So where am I talking to you from? We are in Wisconsin. Um, yes, up in the Driftless region, so the hilly area of Wisconsin. Beautiful day here today. I asked you that, Amy, because I was reading your background. You're actually, correct me if I'm wrong, you're actually originally from Vermont? I am, yes. I um my husband and I actually were Organic Valley farmers before we became employees. We were farmer members in Vermont for 17 years before moving here um, for the cooperative. And you guys met when you were pretty young. From what I read, you became farmers when you were in your early 20s. Yeah, we got married at 21 and 22, uh, <laughs> senior week in college. Um, we were uh, buying a house instead of partying like some of our friends. Um, <laughs> but we got married and we actually moved back to his family farm um, with his parents and worked on that farm with them for 17 years, uh, joined Organic Valley a few years after we came to the farm. And what, what ended up happening to the farm then? The farm is still actually an Organic Valley member. Um, we were at the point where my husband's father was um, nearing retirement age and uh, milking cows is hard work. Um, and so we were also very heavily involved in Organic Valley in the general program and farmers and marketing. And my husband was on the board of directors. Um, so we had a decision to make you know, all organic valley or all farming, um, which was a really hard decision. It took us about two years um, to make that decision. But ultimately, uh, we made the decision to come out here because we felt like the good that we could do working at organic valley will affect agriculture more than just working on our farm. And from what I understand, you and your husband were, were very instrumental in the uh, in the start of Generation Organic, which is shortened to Gen O. And that's what I wanted to talk to you about today, Amy. Yeah. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the, the genesis of the of the uh, of the Gen O program, Generation Organic? Sure. So it started in the early 90s. I'm not exactly sure of the year. Um, just remember, my son was one years old. <laughs> um, actually, early 2000s. I'm sorry. Yeah, not 90s. Um, and it actually started within our marketing department. So we had some young members, including my husband and myself at the time, that had a lot of success um, marketing our products by telling our farm story. There's just really something, I think, infectious about the energy and positivity about youth and people really connected to that. So we started doing some media training with some more of our younger members and developing opportunities for them uh, to be brand ambassadors. Um, and also teach them about the cooperative, 
um, and some leadership development, talk about the organic industry with them. So I remember we did a trip with a group of young genos and we took them to a farm aid. Uh, they worked the booth at farm aid, but during that tr trip, we also set up me meteor interviews for them. Um, and we made sure that they attended events with industry leaders because we wanted them to not only be able to speak for the cooperative, but be connected and understand the organic industry and then just be more uh, inspired to be engaged in their cooperative because it's their mm -hmm. cooperative. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Interesting. And the group itself, I mean, so what is the purpose of Geno? Um, you know, I, I was talking to somebody the other day and, uh, you know, the person who helped me set up this interview. And uh, and there's a lot of different purposes, a lot of different goals that you actually have for, for producers who want to join Geno. Can you talk on that a little bit and how that's sort of evolved from the time that it got started until now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, so the, the purpose, the purpose statement is to create and um, create uh, to build a community of engaged young farmer leaders. Um, and they we do this mainly through education, networking, and leadership development. Uh, like I said, the beginning days was more focused on marketing uh, at the time. And I think through the last you know 20 years of the program, it has um, still definitely has a strong sales and marketing side. And we have a lot of genos that get tapped to speak to um, different either consumers or, you know, get interviewed by folks. But then also w there was this recognition that we need a next set of leaders in the co-op. Our cooperative is really unique because our farmers um, are very involved in the governance. And so we've had a pl privilege of having really strong pioneer farmers. And, you know, we're at that 30 some odd year. So a lot of them are starting to retire. So we really need to make sure that that next set of uh, leaders and farmers are ready to pick up the baton. So that so at literally raising the next crop of farmers. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and you do some interesting things from what I've read. You know, you've actually taken some trips. Um, you've done a lot of really interesting things. So tell me some of the trips that you've actually taken, obviously pre-COVID. But tell me some of the things that you've actually taken members of, of Geno on. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So like I told you about the farm aid trip uh in the early days we did a lot we spoke a lot at um colleges so my husband spoke at Yale and Harvard um and it what was really neat about some of those things is you know they'd go into a class of not necessarily future farmers but future leaders in the world right and um talk about organics and kind of open their minds and he's had people come and talk to him after that, you know, said, I remember you coming and talking to me in college and you totally made me shift. And these are now organic industry leaders um, mm -hmm. because it just is opening up the eyes of people about organics. So, you know, Geno relates to college age kids in that way. Um, you know, I remember as a young person, and farm couple, we didn't really have a lot of money to travel or anything. And that was kind of our fun thing to do is go, you know, we, we had the added benefit of talking about our farm, which was always fun. But we went to um, California and did they had an organic symposium where they had set up an apartment. And everything was organic and they had different, um, you know, the furniture and the food and everything. And then the clothing and my husband and I and some of our other genos actually modeled <laughs> the organic clothing and we we get to walk the runway and stuff like that so we've done some really exciting things and it 
has been a great development opportunity for us and then for all of the genos. Um, it, it's just, it's amazing. It gives them opportunities that they wouldn't have otherwise. Sure. No, that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, so, so how about from a practical standpoint? Um, you know, is there a part of the program that actually where, where farmers actually talk to each other one on one or they get the opportunity to actually, you know, interact with each other one on one about different ways they can grow from each other, you know, in terms of practical farm advice, you know, mm-hmm. you know, try this or try that. This is something that I'm struggling with. Can you give me advice on this or that? Absolutely. Actually, that's a big part of what we're doing this year in particular with COVID. One of the things uh, the Geno Executive Committee started doing was facilitating, they're called Thursday calls, and we actually have one this Thursday. Um, And the Executive Committee picks a farm-specific topic. This this week is Key Financial Indicators of Farm Success. and one of the EC members will facilitate the call. They took facilitation classes to kind of get ready for this. So it was leadership development and they learn from each other. They start with like a 10 minute presentation and then they just have conversations. You know, we have farmers from all over the country. And one thing that's wonderful about us us is we've always been very good about contributing to that collective knowledge that we have, you know, and sharing with each other so that we can learn from each other. And the genos are no different. Sure, sure. That's great. How many how many members do you actually how many how many Geno members are there? There are currently 330 that are registered as Genos. Wow. But Geno is anyone from the age of 18 to 37 that is either one of our farmers or one of our the children of our farmers. Oh, okay. And this is from around the country. Correct. Awesome. I know it's been a while since you've been actually um, since you've been actually since you've actually owned your own farm. You know, why don't you take me back in time a little bit? I mean, you know, if if the obviously Jenna was 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 around when you were around, um, but take me back in time on some of the struggles or, or some of the the challenges that that you might have had when you were actually when you and your husband were actually um, coming into this business. Some of the challenges that you faced, your top challenges that you faced coming into this business. Um, well. Like like every, you know, being sustainable was, uh, you know, the biggest challenge. We were going from uh, my husband's family farmed on the farm that we farmed with them on uh, for a good number of years. And we were going to one supporting one family to trying to support two families on one family farm. You know, Organic Valley really um, was a light for that. And I remember (laughs) it's funny at the time when we signed on to Organic Valley, we felt like we just won the lottery because our milk price was guaranteed at $18 a hundred for two years or something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And now I think our base price is $30 and something uh, or, you know, like our blended price um, throughout the country. Um, But at that time, it's the sustainability or, you know, being able to budget. You know, like if you want to buy a tractor and you have no idea how much money you're com- you're getting and what your milk price is going to be, it's really hard as a young family to go ahead and take a loan. And so just that consistency and sustainability that Organic Valley provided for us as a family made a big difference and allowed us to. We ultimately raised our children on on the farm. Have you taken any farmers under your wing and actually, you know, I mean, sort of have like a um, like I guess you can say like a, like a, like a mentee or anything like that. Do you have any mentee farmers under you right now? Yeah, well, I actually kind of feel like a proud mama for all of these genos. Um, you know, I, 
some of them, and I and I know you're going to interview Matt um, later on. He's actually from uh, our area where of Vermont, and he was a little older than my oldest daughter, but he did run track with my oldest daughter. So it's funny now to see him, and he um, I've had him come in and talk to the new hire um, employees. So every month when we have new hire orientation, we bring a farmer in to give them a little bit of that connection. We want to build relationships between our farmers and employees because the farmers are kind of the reason why we we exist, right? So we want to connect them right away. So we have the farmer come in and tell their farmer story and then also give the employees a little organic 101. And Matt has done that a few times for me. And it's just so exciting to see him thrive. Um, and, and also we have um, one of the programs that Geno is doing is we're doing this pilot with the Emerging Leaders Program, which is an employee leadership development program. So myself, along with Jordan Setledge, who is a Geno and a young member, actually just are completing an 18-month education. So we met on a monthly um, basis with a cohort of about 25 crappies. And Jordan's the first farmer to complete this. Um, and we presented a capstone two weeks ago um, and everybody loved it. I mean, Jordan has found great success and I've just seen him blossom as a leader in the co-op. I think, you know, the classes in this program has really helped him because that program is about developing soft skills to be a leader. And so we're really hoping to be able to do more of those kind of things with the uh, genos and kind of bridge that gap between employee and farmer learning. Well, let me ask you a question, Amy. You know, it, it seems to me that, that um, you know, in relation to other branches of agriculture, if you will, that in terms of organic agriculture, organic dairy farming, um, you know, to be more specific, um, that connection with the consumer and, and really keeping that connection to the consumer, it seems to me, is extremely important. You know, how how do you um, how, how do you do you educate the next crop of organic dairy farmers in the importance of that? I mean, how, how do you actually do that? You know, we start like I had mentioned, Matt, talking about the new hires. We start by, you know, having them talk to employees or fellow farmers um, and then about telling their story and sharing, you know, stories with how we've had success. I remember um my husband and I went to Whole Foods when we were very young. And this was, I think, one of the events that kind of spurred, you know, the oncom uh, the oncoming of Gen O was we didn't have money at the time. We were a really small cooperative for the slotting fees. And I remember going and telling our farm story. And at the time, they waived the slotting fees just to get us started, you know. So the power of that authentic story, I think, is huge. And we have a uh, farmer ambassador program um, in our marketing department that still does training and development for farmers on how to tell their um, story because not everybody's a great storyteller and you need help kind of developing that and figuring out the parts of your story that people will resonate with. Um, so we do have a group that helps them develop those stories. You know, across the board, Amy, obviously every every farmer has their own unique challenges. I mean, one farmer down the road from another, they're going to have their own unique challenges. But across the board, though, you know, for somebody, for 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 someone who wants to actually make it in this business in or, as an organic dairy farmer, what do you see as the biggest challenges with making it into this business? And compared to when you were actually farming, you know, how has that changed? So the number one hurdle for young farmers coming into the business is land. 
um, in acquiring land. It is a huge expense. Um, and so not that much ones. different. Not that much different to other farms then. No, probably not. Um, another big big um, hurdle for young farmers is insurance. You know, uh, if the health insurance is extremely expensive, and I remember paying more in health insurance premiums than we paid ourselves for the f <laughs> in years at the farm, you know, um, it, they are, it's a big struggle. And I think one thing that's changed from this generation of genos to we were kind of that first generation, that pioneering generation of genos, and we were still kind of learning everything, right? We were still figuring out how to grow crops organically and how to take care of our animals and make sure they're health, healthy in an organic way. There wasn't a lot of industry knowledge 30 years ago, um, where now these young genos, I feel, have had the benefit of a generation of learning, and we can pass that knowledge on to these genos. And they're just, they're farther ahead than us in sustainability. They're way heads and tails over what we were. We were just trying to survive. And these guys are really doing wonderful things um, to improve the soil and the environment um, that we weren't able to even really think of 30 years ago. Um, so I feel like they've, they are better set up than we were. And I hope that the generation beyond, you know, their children will be that that much better that's what you always hope right is to kind of yeah. set it up better for the next generation and give them a better life all right well amy thank you very much for joining us today on the young farmer podcast i appreciate you giving me a few minutes of your time yeah thank you i hope uh i was helpful you have a great day travis choinier is seeing more rain on his family's dairy farm these days up in highgate vermont i started with a brief update on the growing season this year and dive more into his experience as a general member Okay, Matt Choinier, welcome to the Young Farmer Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. So where are you located, Matt? Um, I'm in Highgate, Vermont, which is in the northwest corner, pretty much uh, right up against Canada and Lake Champlain. Um, how's the how's the growing season going so far for you? Well, it started out pretty dry. Um, everyone was pretty worried at the beginning of the season. Uh, the lake's been really low. We've had a dry couple of years, but we did get some rain, thankfully. The past few weeks, we've had quite a bit of rain. I would still consider us on the dry side, but I uh, can't complain too much. The uh, the cows have been out for three to four weeks now, out on pasture, so we were able to get them out early. And we're just hoping that it keeps raining to uh, give us a good rest of the season. Can you tell me a little bit about your operation, um, how many cows you have and the acres that you that you farm? Right now we have about 80 head of uh, crossbreed, but mostly Holstein dairy cows. Uh, we've been organic uh, with Organic Valley since 2005, and we joined the grass milk program in 2014. We have about 350 acres of hay ground and about 145 acres of pasture. Uh, some, most owned, but we do rent some neighboring fields. We also have a farm store on site where we sell um, some of our own beef, um, eggs. I started beekeeping a few years ago, so I sell some of my honey, pork, and uh, hopefully we have a big garden this year, so we might be selling a few veggies. But the whole point is we're just trying to make uh, good food accessible to the local community. 
know, we're talking about the Gen O program that's run by Organic Valley, and uh, you know, you're really involved in the Gen O program. But before we before we dive into that, can you give me a little bit of history about yourself? Tell me a little bit about your background. Now that we have the farm, really, you know, now we have the information on the farm. Tell me a little bit of a history uh, about yourself and uh, where you come from, and uh, you know, just dive into that a little bit. For sure. Um, so I'm 26 years old. I graduated college in uh, 2015 from Vermont Tech. Um, before that, I went to Cisco um, Valley Union, um, our local high school. I had an interest in farming. I started going to the barn before I can even remember. And I remember I got my very first like actual chores that I was expected to do when I was in third grade. Uh, but not that I didn't do stuff before that, but um, it only took me about half an hour, 45 minutes a night, but it got me started. Uh, I'd always been very active. I did three sports all the way through uh, middle and high school. So that, that kept me pretty busy, but I still, I still was able to help on the farm in between homework and sports. Uh, but my family was very supportive. Um, I still had expectations, but... Um, they weren't afraid to help me out whenever I needed it. We started our farm store in uh, about when I was in, in uh, the middle of high school, about. And I really took an interest in that. So I really wanted to go to college for more marketing, value-added products. And um, I started out in New York at Morrisville State College. And I stayed there for about a semester. But it was a little too far away from home, and I just felt disconnected from the farm. I didn't get to go home very often, so I transferred after a semester to Vermont Tech, which was awesome. I was able to come home on weekends, which everyone did there anyway, so I wasn't missing a whole lot. But we also had a friend, um, a family friend who had a farm right next to the college. So I worked for him a few nights a week, and then I I came home after that, and I, I helped on weekends. So I liked that because I was able to stay in touch. And I, um, I probably overwhelmed my, my parents with, I would tell them literally everything I learned that week at school. So I graduated with a, um, degree in dairy herd management and I was always, I, I couldn't believe at how much I didn't know yet. Like you go in thinking like, oh, there can't be that much to learn, but, um, it was awesome. Like the program taught me everything from reproductive management, nutrition, um, management practices, uh, soils and forages, and I took a breeding class there. Tons, tons. I mean, your 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 standard ag courses, but it, it was very practical and hands-on and super relevant. And I gained so much from that. So then, yeah, so then I graduated. And I came back to the farm in 2015 full time. It was a little bit of a tough transition because, you know, like, even though you're, I was still working in college, like, college time is, is much different than, than farm time. Like, I still got to sleep in until, like, 7.30, 8 o'clock. So it was a, it was a bit of a rough, rough transition <laughs> back to farm life. But after, and also, like, I, it was only a two-year program, so all of my friends are still at school, and there's, there's a little bit of isolation there. Um because everyone, all my friends are gone, and it was just me and my parents, but I did have some friends close by, so as soon as I turned 21 and I was able to start mm-hmm. going out and doing stuff with friends, and that, 
that really made uh, home life a lot more fun. So what? What? I, I'm just I'm just curious. You know, coming back to the farm, did your did your parents welcome you back oh, to absolutely. open arms? <laughs> yeah, I mean they were incredibly supportive, and like I came back with tons and tons of new ideas, and I wanted to change this, change that. And uh, looking back, like they had to be really patient with me because I was throwing everything that I've ever heard at them, and uh, and they took it all in stride. And yeah, they they really let me try my own my own things. They still um, kind of kept me uh, didn't let me go too crazy, but no, they I was I was welcome back with open arms and uh, yeah. What kind of ideas did you bring back to the farm? I mean, when when you ended up coming back, well, I guess what sort of ideas did you bring back? Was um, uh, artificial breeding. We'd always well as soon as my dad took over, my grandfather always bred artificial, and then. Um, my dad, mm-hmm. things were just so busy, he didn't really have a whole lot of time, and and we, were, we had a, a cattle dealer nearby, and he's always been really good at finding us some really good genetic bulls. So we did that, but mm-hmm. we always kind of had issues with the bull kind of uh, harassing the cows, not letting them necessarily eat or drink as much as they wanted, and bringing the cows back from pasture was always a little bit tough, and sometimes he'd be trying to push the cows back when uh when we were trying to bring them home to milk and it's always like all of our bulls have always been very tame but you always have to have a little caution and you're out with them when they're loose you don't really want to send uh any friends or neighbors if they want to go out and look at the cows like you're a little more hesitant so when i came back the very first thing was was i started doing the breeding we went went artificial, really trying to work on components, uh, grazing efficiency, were the two biggest things that we're working on in health trade. Mm-hmm. Other things, they're just like little changes here and there about like the calf program, like ages that we wean or how much they get fed, little tweaks, nothing huge. Can you tell me about, about your interest in the farm store and how you wanted to expand that part yeah, of the Yeah, so... My, I, I didn't focus on it as much at VTC as I did in Morrisville. Um, it turns out I like the dairy management aspect a lot more than I thought I was going to. So I really took into that. Mm-hmm. But with the farm store, that's, um, the business there has continued to grow. So we've been, we've kind of expanded our, our chicken plot, more eggs. Um, we started a Facebook page and a website, which I, got, I had a ton of uh, enthusiasm at first on the website, and uh, it's, it's gotten a little bit neglected. So, why did you? You know, it's interesting. Um, I, I asked this. I asked this of people who I've, I've interviewed on the podcast before, and uh, you know, I just asked them, you know, what, what was your interest in coming back to the farm? You could have done a lot of other things. It's something that I felt a strong purpose with. I think, um, like, I've always had interest in engineering and building and design. I love, but I love doing so many things, and I get bored. I don't get bored, but, like, I don't want to do just one thing for the rest of my life. And the farm gives me an opportunity to be a mechanic for a few days at a time and operate machinery, um, handle animals. Um, build things, problem solve. I love I love a good challenge, 
I love having to work problems out, and there's plenty of those on the farm. Um, but mostly, is I, I feel like <laughs> it's a really, I don't know the word, I guess, but it's important to that people have access to healthy food that's raised in a manner that we feel is good for the environment. And I, and I like being able to go to bed and at night and feeling like I've, I've done something good with my day. So tell me about the tell me about the Geno program and how you've actually benefited from it. Yeah, that. so this is actually my eighth year being a part of the Geno program. You interviewed Amy, and I actually ran track with her daughter in uh, in high school. And her and her husband approached me and asked me if I was interested in the Geno program. And, and me and my sister actually got a scholarship to go out to annual meeting in Wisconsin for Organic Valley to actually get to meet with the Geno, the current uh, Geno executive committee. From there, I applied to be on the committee, and it's all kind of gone from there. But when I, when I first started, when I, my first interaction with Geno, I knew um, very little about Organic Valley looking back. Um, I knew mm-hmm. what Organic Valley was. I knew we were an awesome co-op, and I knew a lot of the things that they offered the farmers. But I didn't know any staff. I didn't know any many of the programs, and I didn't know many of the many of the fellow farmers. So through being a part of the general program and getting the chance to go to annual meeting, I've made tons of connections with staff and farmers across the country really and i've made i've made mm-hmm. friends like like uh multiple times a year i'll i'll be calling up one of my friends from a different state catching up usually we like to meet in person at different organic valley events um but with COVID, it hasn't been able to, to happen as much you know the biggest thing that i've gained are the connections and through those connections, I've had tons of opportunities. So I've gotten to go to like store sampling. I've gotten to go to um, different food expos. And Organic Valley offers leadership training, and media training, and technical workshops um, that I've all gotten gotten a chance to uh, gotten a chance to attend. So it sounds so it sounds like you actually got some you you actually got some practical some practical advice or you know any practical questions of actually helping you run the farm better you've actually gotten yeah, that from, sure. from Geno. Um, we in the past we've had regional gatherings, which we uh, again with COVID we had to um, cut back, but those were um, we had three of them a year in different like one in the east, one in the Midwest, and one in the west. There we would have technical workshops, whether it be on pasture management, on breeding, on soils or forages, and we'd have speakers, and we'd have uh, farm tours, and those were all super, super helpful, because one of the best ways to learn is to learn going out onto other people's farms, seeing what they do, seeing what works, and hearing from actual experience. How does it, you know, it, it, it's one of those things, you know, I, when I when I get to visit with other report, I'm a reporter, I'm a journalist, and when I get to talk to other journalists, you know, just about the different things that they're going through and the different things that we go through on a daily basis, you know, it, it makes me feel good that I'm not 
the only one doing this that, you know, I can, I can sort of, you know, pick their brain on how do they deal with this and how do they deal with that and all that sort of thing. Um, you're a pretty young guy. I mean, do you get that same sort of feeling when you meet with other farmers, you know, that, that you don't, you know, just that, you know, um, you can, you can sort of talk to them about some of the issues that you're facing and, and, uh, you know, get advice from them or Absolutely. share advice. I mean, that's all we talk about. Like when, when a group of farmers gets together, like all they talk about is farming and, uh, <laughs> even if there's, uh, non-farmers in the room. I I I I I I I wouldn't know why. <laughs> it's a big part of our lives, so we tend to talk about it a lot. But yeah, I mean, most of the time we're like we all have parts of our farm that we want to improve, and we have, all have ideas. And more more than likely, someone else has already tried what we want to try. So getting to talk it through with people who mm-hmm. who've already been through what we're doing, um, or even who haven't, and might just have valuable input. And uh, going to annual meeting or the, any of the general gatherings, um, all you have to do is, it doesn't matter who it is, you I mean, most of the people I don't know there when I when I get there, all you have to start the conversation with is, well, how many cows do you know? <laughs> and it just goes from there. Well, how's your organic business doing for you? I mean, how, how's, how's your family farm doing? The organic industry has treated us very well, and especially Organic Valley. Um I mean, it's no, it's no secret that the dairy industry for the past couple of years, really for for a long time, has been a very break-even venture, and a lot of farms are going out of business, but they say Organic Valley has done a fantastic job at giving us a really stable pay price and doing the best that they can to, um, to make sure we, that we have what we need, and... Uh, and the Genoa program in particular has been a huge resource and a, and a bonus for even for the young farmers because we, we're getting trainings and stuff on top of all the other stuff that Organic Valley does. And it's really nice that mm-hmm. being a cooperative and a farmer-owned cooperative, like we, we really get a say in what goes on. And a big part of the Genoa program is training the next generation of leaders to, to go fill the... Uh, the shoes of the um, board of directors or any of the different committees that Organic Valley has. And that's one thing I didn't mention before, which I did what I, uh, one of the, you asked what I got out of the general program. Um, I don't know why I didn't think of it, but right off, but one of the biggest things is leadership development. And that's one of the main, sure. main purposes of the program is, is training that next generation of farmer leaders. And like, Compared to where I was eight years ago, I mean, public speaking now for me is no big deal. Like they've, I've had opportunities and training, and they've had me get up in front of uh, even a whole any meeting crowd of a few hundred people. Um, mm-hmm. Just plenty of opportunities to speak to employees, to staff, um, reporters, and, and other awesome groups. You know, as a young guy in this business, um, you know, obviously you're an organic dairy farmer, but, um, you know, as a young guy in this business, I mean, what are your biggest, what are your biggest challenges? What are your biggest challenges, you know, short term and long term to, to making the, to making this business work for you? Uh, short term, the biggest challenge I think is always time. There never seems to be enough of it. And there's always so much to do. So we're always trying to figure out how to get things done in the most efficient way possible, but. That's probably our, on our farm at least, 
it always seems like we have way more to do than we'll ever have time time for. Um, but long term, for me personally, is um, make the the average age of the American farmers is up in the fifties, I believe, mid fifties, and mm-hmm. uh, there's not a huge generation of younger farmers that are coming to take their place. So for me personally, there's a lot of support services around us that rely on all of the farms that are here, but eventually there's not that many young farmers coming up. So we lose all the young farmers and we're eventually probably going to lose a portion of our support services. So that's, I think, the biggest risk to us going forward. And your father's Gee, name yeah. is Guy, uh, am I correct? Yeah, and yeah. What, what's your mother's name? Okay, and are they, they're still very involved yeah, in the Yeah, very much so. Yeah, my mom does have an off-farm job um, that she's been at for, uh, mm-hmm. for quite a while. Um, but all through high school, she, uh, and even especially when I was in college, she played a big part in, in helping with chores. But for the... Her biggest thing is just keeping me and my dad going. I mean, we're we stay so busy, mm-hmm. but my my mom and my grandmother both work really hard to keep us fed, to keep us hydrated, make sure we're taken care of, and keeping us going. But we definitely couldn't do it without without our support. All right, great, Matt. Thanks very much for joining me. Well, I appreciate for it. Thanks me to be a part of this. Thanks to Amy Forgs and Travis Twinier for their time chatting with me on the podcast. You can read more about the general program and Travis's farm at AmericanAgriculturist.com. The link is in the bottom of the episode page. And halfway through 2021 and things are starting to open up, normal life's returning, growing season is getting into full swing. Just a reminder to all have a safe growing season out there that produces an abundant harvest come fall. Thanks for listening today, and I'll see you next time.